All things automotive with the petrol head, Nico Smith. Nico, how's it? Ciao. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nico, are you on the couch with a cup of coffee? Coffee's done already, so I got up much earlier and, and polished that coffee. Okay. <laughs> so after this, I'll make a second one. All right, Nico. So Claire from George mm-hmm. sent us a message, and we thought it was really important for you. Okay. Good morning, Michelle, and the team, and the listeners. I think radio is a wonderful medium. It doesn't restrict the imagination. I can remember listening to the Goon Show on the radio, which was hilarious. And the extraordinary funny scenarios had no bounds because they existed in the imagination. What I would like to say is, where is the humour on radio? We used to have that regularly. (laughs) So, Nico... Yes. We feel very strongly that in the next half hour you need to do all your questions like the Goon Show. And then also what we should also try and mm-hmm. do is like Claire, we should try and have a chicken in the background as well. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's So, <laughs> so I, will, I will try and do the chicken if you can do the Goon Show. No, but I can do the Goon Show. Okay, well, Indash is going to go and start looking up a little bit of Goon Show-y kind of stuff. Yeah, please help out because I'm, I'm trying to think what the Goon Show is and I just actually can't, can't place it. Okay, she's going to look it up and she's going to find the Goon Show. Indash, mm-hmm. it's Goon Show, okay. So, okay, okay. Wh- while we uh, wait for all of that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. because we need a lot of humor here. Well, yeah, so, I thought my dad jokes, but I can't think of one now. It's normally good enough. Yeah, your dad jokes are like shocking. <laughs> Nevertheless, Sam in East London wants to know. He, uh-huh. Sam says, my Hyundai Tiburon 2.7 yeah. V6 car swings. Mm-hmm. Well, Say again, it does what? It swings. They put their keys into the table on the, oh, at the entrance uh, and then they swing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it doesn't start and no engine light is visible from the dashboard. And the rest are visible, and hence there are no sparks on the spark plugs. Yes. And? Is there a question in there? I think that's a question. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's a question in there. You can do it. (laughs) Okay, okay. So, well, uh, I I don't know. It's very difficult to to diagnose from from a long distance. You obviously need some help, um, and, and I think you need to phone the person that you service your car with or Hyundai themselves to come have a look at. You know, it, it sounds like, a, yeah, that's just the best because it, there could be a few issues with that um, and uh, you're not going to be able to change it by trying 20 times or 30 times. The, the problem will still be the same. So phone the person that is um, serviced the car, phone Hyundai themselves and ask them to come have a look at the car, tell your car in and, and it, yeah, it obviously needs to, look, to be looked at. Yeah, so Sam, very difficult qu- question. I'm sorry, well, Sam. Actually, it's not like not- I don't want to help. We're not but, quite sure what the question is, hmm. but so clear. The car needs help. It, it, needs, it needs a defibrillator to start it again. A defibrillator. Mm. Yeah. Okay, clear. we day. are doing our best to make this funny. I have to tell you. Nadia from yeah. East London has said, good morning. Here's a question. Mm-hmm. Please could Leon. <laughs> okay, well, get Leon on the line and why am I, why are you talking to me? I don't know. <laughs> Why are you asking me? <laughs> Please, could Leon explain what will happen after the new legislation comes into place with service and maintenance plans when you buy a car? If mm-hmm. you think it's called right to repair, yes. I think it's called right to repair, and how will it save That's us it. money? That's it. Okay, so um, 
I think what Leon would probably say is that what right to repair is, is that um, normally when you, when you service the car, you service it at the manufacturer. So let's take the Hyundai, for instance, as, as an example now. The, you bought your Hyundai, and what would happen is when it's time for a service, you would take it to Hyundai. Because Hyundai obviously gives you a warranty on the car. So they say the warranty of the car is a five-year warranty. So you service at, at Hyundai. And some people were saying, listen, but they have a monopoly because Hyundai – um, supplies the parts so they can decide what the markup is and they, they charge a certain amount for servicing the car. This is, again, a, an example. So um, we also want an opportunity to do that. So right to repair effectively says that you bought your car, but you don't necessarily have to go to Hyundai. So sure. at your 15,000 k, um, k service, if you believe that um, uh, Leon down the road um, that has also has his own service place can service your car better, you can go there and maybe Leon's prices are more competitive than Hyundai, and, and you're going to get a lower price, so you can also service it there. So right to repair effectively says that you don't now have to service your car at the manufacturer anymore. You can service the car somewhere else that might be cheaper than the manufacturer. Um, of course, there's, there's other little things that come into play here because the car obviously has a warranty. Yeah. Uh, and let's say um, after at your 30,000 service, something breaks, who do you go to? Do you go to Leon or do you go to the manufacturer to say, listen, there's a problem um, with, um, with my parts or there's a problem with the car? Um, also, a lot of cars have service and maintenance plans. So mm. normally what will happen anyway, if you have a service plan, for instance, you're not paying for the services anyway. So I, I, I think what might happen is if you have a service plan with your Hyundai, you probably will go to Hyundai because it doesn't cost you anything because um, normally a car, let's say, comes with a service plan uh, attached to the car. It might be now that it's unbundled, for instance. So what might happen is that Hyundai would say, listen, now when you buy the Hyundai, um, you're only going to buy the car. Do you want the service plan? You pay a little bit extra for that. And that, or, you know, maybe that's a little bit extra, but that's now added to the price of the car when you buy it so you don't feel it monthly. And, and that still means that you would service at Hyundai because you have a service plan. Or you could say, listen, I don't want the car. I don't want, to, or I don't want the service plan. I'm just going to buy the car. When it's time for a service, I'm going to Leon, or I'm going to Bosch, or I'm going to whoever, and they're going to service the car because they are cheaper than Hyundai themselves. So that's the idea with right to repair, is that it says that you don't have to go to a manufacturer, you can go somewhere else if, they, if, their prices are, if you feel their prices are more competitive, but they're doing as good a job. Okay. Nico, the next question for you is actually not about cars, but because Arthur has a picture of a car mm-hmm. on his WhatsApp, I thought I'd ask you. Yes. Last week we played a Papa Wemba track. Um, it was a very nice song, as uh-huh. um, Arthur has said. Can you remember what the title of the track was? No, I cannot. <laughs> so, Arthur, I have to say, I can't, I, can't, re- I can't remember what I did on Friday. Yeah, well, let I, alone last week Saturday. <laughs> yeah. So, Arthur, I have to say, I feel the same as as our petrol head. I can't remember. And we've been trying to track down which Papa Wemba song we played. It was a big, fat, juicy. Mm. So if you are listening and uh, you were the person who asked for that Papa Wemba track, please remind us what the name of the song was. Arthur, we'll keep looking and uh, see what we can do. Um, Someone says, oh, Vince says, please Mm -hmm. compare the Hilux Ranger in aspects of durability, running costs. (coughs) Hilux versus the Ranger. Road holding, adaptability for rough, tough, bundu bashing, etc. I think we get this, this seems like a question we get every month at least once. Hilux versus Ranger or which is the best bucky. Whichever you like. Let's make it short. Whichever one you like because they're both great. They both have great support from the manufacturers. 
um, that both sort of head-to-head in sales, Hilux versus Ranger. This, the, the Hilux, the, the name probably is a bit stronger because it's been running for a long time. If you go back to the 1980s, Hilux is with the, I think, 70s. I don't know if they might have started in the 60s already. So when it comes to a name, Hilux is stronger. And when it comes to um, parts sold, possibly when you're going into Africa and you're going to, you know, let's say you drive quite far, um, trips into Africa, parts might be a bit more accessible, Hilux. Although that's, um, um, I'm taking a guess here. I, don't, I haven't done that. And I haven't taken the vehicle up. So when you're looking at, at, at both vehicles, they're really capable. And Michelle, the most important nut is the nut behind the wheel. So you, when it comes to driving, your driving and how good you are makes a bigger difference than having these vehicles that are very, very good both ways. But Hilux, when it comes to Bunrubation, probably has a, bigger, a stronger name uh, in South Africa and worldwide. So, okay. Here's another question for you. And this comes mm-hmm. from Nico in, Hillcre- in Hilton, not Hillcrest. In Hilton. I like him already. <laughs> Nico in Hilton is saying that he wants to know why certain drivers have a habit of crawling across speed humps one wheel at a time. Well, I can even answer that. Okay. And crawling along yeah. the main street of the road, holding up traffic. And he thinks that the biggest hindrance to traffic flow are speed humps and four-way stop streets, which authorities seem to love in South Africa. What's your take? Um, okay, so I think what well, no, I think what people are doing with speed dumps. If you go one wheel at a time, it's a bit smoother mm. because if you yeah, I mean as you said, you could answer that. So if you take a speed dump with both wheels at the same time, um, also sometimes if your car is lower, that's also an issue. If you have a car that's very low, like a, a performance car, the, um, the nose is so low that when you get there, the nose actually scrapes before the wheels lifted. So at an angle would also help. So those are two reasons why an angle helps. I think. Um, the, you know, the, the problem with speed humps is I, I really am not a fan, but also there are streets sometimes that are very long and, and people are just racing like mad things uh, uh, on those streets. So mm. sometimes the, the, the bumps are there to slow traffic down um, so people aren't racing. So the thing is, I think sometimes they're not great, well-designed. So someone, some, some speed humps are fairly smooth and you can drive over them and with a little bit of momentum, you've got to slow down. And some are just so badly designed that you, you can only take them at five k's an hour. That really slows down traffic. So if you have a speed hub that's well designed and quite smooth, then you can take it lower, but that you can still flow through there. Um, also, a, a big issue I have with speed bumps is where they're placed and how well they're marked. Sometimes they're, 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 they're next to a tree in shade without any other markings. Now you're driving on a road that you, you don't know very well, and then suddenly this speed hub appears, and you can really damage your car. Um, damage suspension, you can hit the nose on the other side, you can break bits off, you can um, crack a sump. Um, I, I've had experience with that, where that's happened. So, um, you know, so I think if they're well-designed, I understand why they're there, but they sometimes aren't great and they really are car destroyers and traffic slower yeah. down the road. So, Nick, I'll just tell you this for uh, free because I know yes. nothing about cars, so you can take it. <laughs> no, you know quite the, a bit. Yes. But I would take my car at an. I always take my car at an angle because I have a very low car. Mm. I always take it as an angle across the humps because if I go straight, there's no doubt I'm going to hear that <laughs> sound. Yeah, you see exactly. When I go at an angle, so I t- go to the right and then I come back to the left or whatever the case may be. Nico, this comes as an as a as a tweet. Yeah. Can you help me? It's how do I trace intake leaks on an old Ford Cortina 21? I can't help. <laughs> I don't know. That's just rude. <laughs> no, I just don't know. Here's my answer. Let's, you know, I'd rather be honest. I don't know. You I don't really know. Don't, I don't know. Just, you've got to take it to somebody that um, 
I'm sorry that I don't know. There's a, there's a limit um, uh, where my knowledge stops, and I don't know the answer. I know. It's it's like a speed hump. He just gets to that speed hump, and then you just can't bah, get any further. Boom. Oh, okay. Nico, Peter and Fishhook wants to know, what's your favorite car? We had a competition last year, and he missed the answer. Oh. Okay. You don't have okay, to Okay, no, 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 no. My favorite car is one that I never would afford. It's the McLaren F1. So it's a road car built by um, Gordon Murray, um, in the 1990s, which back then it was a, 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 like, like an engineering marvel. Um, it had a 12-cylinder, normally aspirated BMW engine. It had gold leaf for, uh, in the engine. In other words, gold, so for better um, uh, heat dissipation. It had a, a position where the driver sat in the middle and, and uh, two um, passengers on the left and right. And it was, uh, as a production car, it won Le Mans. So one year at Le Mans, when it was racing, it was raining. So it beat all the LMP cars to win Le Mans. So it's just, it's a special car um, that was just, you know, just as, as a design thing and, and a car that was really well engineered. That's that's my favorite car ever. Um, but there, I have a few other favorites that I just really were, and they probably come from when I was a kid as well. Um, you know, so a car like the, the 500E Mercedes-Benz from the 1990s, just such an amazing car built by, with, with, uh, in conjunction with Porsche. Um, that's another one I can think of. Um, that that I really has has been a favourite of mine, and when I was a kid as well, I remember um, having a toy Lamborghini Countach. So I've always liked a Countach. So okay. yeah, those are three that I can just All think right. of quickly. Well, that's 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 a good selection of toys. We've got a voiceover for you. Hi, good morning, uh, Michelle and um, Um Nick. Um, I just want to find out uh, something from um, from Nick. Uh, Nick. Um, I'm planning to buy my first SUV, uh, but I've been trying to make a comparison on the best car that might suit me. Uh, the first one is the Jeep uh, Truckhawk that I believe is priced right. And the second one is the um, Range Rover Vela autobiography. I think the price is good as well. And now there's a new Mercedes um, uh, GLE 53. Um, less than uh, 2 million and I think um, the price is reasonable on that one because I wanted to go for the uh, GL63 so I think uh, that car is overpriced and uh, I see a lot of celebrities I think even Michelle is driving that car so I think that the price of that car is not right so between the three ones the the, the Mercedes um, GLE53 the Bella autobiography and the truck hawk um which one might be i mean the best car for someone who like i mean traveling long distances uh, from province to province this is france from where Luf pretoria is thank you so i do have to say um france you obviously don't work for the sabc <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you know you you're in such a you know a fortunate position to have so many nice choices you know that's yeah. These are really, really not bad choices at all. So, um, out of those two, the Range Rover or the GLE would be the ones I would pick. Um, so those, I'm not a. I, I think out of those two, the Trackhawk just doesn't stack up. I think it's it's a good price, but just won't stack up when it comes to those to the Range Rover or the Merc. And if we did a comparative test, the Range Rover or the Merc would be stronger. The the benefit, of course, of the Merc is um, um, you know great performance. Um, the Range Rover probably seems a bit, has a bit more status. I think if you had a party and you parked with the Range Rover or the Merc there, 
more people would probably look at the Range Rover than the Merc. I'm, I, this is what I'm thinking. I don't know if you think differently, Michelle. So I, I, I would go for either the Merc or the, the, the Velo or the, or the Merc. Um, Velo. I would pick the Velo. Although the Velo, the thing is, as with the Velo, it's not as popular. Um, the Merc probably will hold its value better. So if you're going to sell this car in three years, out of the three, I think the Merc would have held its value the best. Um, that's the benefit of the Merc. Um, but there's some status to the Velo, which is nice. You know, as a as, as a car, it's a, it's a great car. So the Merc wise, performance wise as well, the Merc would probably be be the quickest. Although the, that no, that track walk is actually quite fast. So it's difficult. So that's what I would say. So um, Nick, just yes. just explain to him which one are you going to say is number one. I would say Velo GLE track walk. Okay, there you go, France. Hope that makes your day. It's 8.50, and we thought we'd uh, give Claire a chance. Claire from George, who was saying we f- she feels like radio has lost its sense of humor. So, so Claire, this is especially for you. The most electrifying moment this year was a dramatic message flashed to London. The dramatic read, Everest conquered. Everest conquered. This could only mean one thing. Everest had been conquered. <laughs> yes, finally it conquered. <laughs> But we, the goons, question the authenticity of the Everest expedition's claim to have climbed that great mountain. We give you now the story on which our doubts are based. Here, then, is the Mount Everest Project, or... The Mount Everest Project! So that'll take you back not 100 years, maybe 200 years. The Goon Show, that's for Claire from George. Claire, we thought we wanted to just make your day and uh, give you a little smile. Nevertheless, Nico, on a very serious note, you want mm-hmm. to talk about safety awareness on the road? Yes, Michelle. Um, I, I sent a little clip, um, I think, which we, we've posted. Because last week we spoke about drivers and um, good drivers and, and bad drivers in, in each city. But uh, it's a clip I found and. and just have a look at the clip because it shows you how quickly things go wrong. Um, and I think we, we're driving cars and we feel very safe because we, we believe, oh, this car's got a five-star indicap rating and there's lots of airbags and um, all the letters of the alphabet, ABS and ESC and USB and YMCA. So lots of letters. It's a great thing. Meantime, things go wrong very quickly and accidents happen very quickly. And that's what this video shows. So, you know, keep a following distance that's big enough and keep space. Um, that's your number one winner. But it actually links onto something that I've been trying to talk about for probably two months now, Michelle. And every time there's so many questions, I never get to it, which is, I guess, not I guess, okay, which is fun for me. But I wanted to talk about connected cars because a lot of manufacturers now have built-in SIM cards and SOS functions. So um, in Audi, it's called My Audi. BMW, it's called Connected Drive. Jaguar and Land Rover, it's called In Control. Mercedes-Benz, it's called mercedes Me. Peugeot is called My Peugeot. Volvo is called Volvo on Call, just as some examples. And how it now works is all these cars have built-in SIM cards and SOS buttons. So if you are driving and um, you are in an accident, the car will make an automatic um, SOS call. So if another car hits your car, um, depending on the severity of the accident, if it's a, let's say, uh, if the airbags deploy and the pretension is deployed, the car makes an automatic phone call and says, this is the accident, or this is what's just happened uh, to emergency services. This is where your car is located in this exact spot. 
Um, some of the manufacturers would even tell you how many people are in the car um, and the severity of the accident. Um, it also then, let's say there's a, um, uh, an accident that you just see, you can also press the SOS button to make a call. So if you've just seen an uh, accident, you press the SOS button and say, this is where I am, but I've just seen an accident happen. Please send emergency services. So these are actually um, something that you should definitely consider when you're buying a car because you know, there's a big safety thing around that when your car actually makes an automatic SOS call. And then with all these connected services, so all the manufacturers I've mentioned um, with the booking sim, they normally or they will all come with apps as well. So what you do is you download the app to your phone and then you can lock your car. Um, um, or you can have a check and you can say, hang on, my car isn't locked, I can lock it. Or I can, I don't know where it's parked. Ask the car, where have you, where have you parked because you've forgotten where you've parked. Um, most of them, depending on, of course, the options in the car, you could sit on the phone, find a navigation address. So let's say I'm going to um, the SABC, um, send it from my, my phone to the car. When I climb in the car, that address is then in the car. Um, I can, for instance, uh, most of these, again, I, I'm sort of generalizing because they're each a little bit different, but most of them you can send a, a loca- uh, like a, a, a geolocation and you can say, listen, if the car goes out of this range, let's say where, where we now, my house, if it goes out of a five kilometer range, the car will let me know. So let's say you lend your car to your kids and you say, listen, just you they thank your friend. As soon as they drive out of that range, you, you, you immediately told or that you get a message on your phone. You can, for instance, if the car is stolen, the car will give you a warning that somebody's just broken into it. So um, you can check the status of your fuel. You can check the status of the oil. Some manufacturers even link it to the service. So when it's time for a service, the car will actually phone the manufacturer and uh, tell them it's time for, for its 30,000 service. And it, let's say, needs new brakes. And they'll then contact you and say, listen, we see it's time for your service and we see you need new brakes. So the connected technology is actually quite amazing uh, in the cars, and it really is a big benefit. So something you should consider when you're buying a new car. So, Nico, just very briefly, one of our listeners has just WhatsApp to say, what happens uh, if I don't want all the techno bells and whistles and I just want a reliable, safe car? So the thing is with these systems, you don't have to use them. I mean, the, the car has an SOS button, which for most manufacturers works anyway, which, trust me, is something you want. But you don't have to pair your phone. You can just take the car, drive away, and you don't have to do anything, and the car still works fine. So, in other words, some people don't like the tech, and mm. effectively, you can ignore it, um, and you don't need to pair your phone, and you don't have to do that. But trust me when I tell you this. If you have an SOS function in the car, and suddenly you, you don't think you need it until there's an accident, and the car has made an automatic call, or you just see an accident, and you can press the button, it is actually a benefit, even if you don't do anything else. That SOS function, I think, is, is, is a big benefit in South Africa um, and, and in any country where you could be in an accident and the car can do the call for you. Okay, so that sounds fair enough. Mm. Uh, I'm just trying to think if there's anything more here. There's a couple of other questions, but a lot of them are um, audio, so we'll, we might just have to, to pause on that one. Nico... Um, you know, so, so just I want to urge people again, just have a look at that video clip that I sent. You know, it, it's, um, it's a, a YouTube clip of yeah. an accident somewhere on the highway in America, and the guy's driving and he, he's listening to it. It looks, I don't know, sounds like an audiobook or something. But just you see how quickly things go wrong. Suddenly a car goes from the right behind a bus, crosses over two lanes, and the car's in front of stopped. You know, it, it is something quite scary um, to see how, how quick stuff happens. And what, what I like about the guy and what I'm impressed with is you can see he's really in sort of almost shocked because he, he almost drove into the car in front, but he immediately makes an SOS call. 
um, to say, listen, uh, and, and you can use your, your phone for that. And I also say, teach your kids um, what to do. If there's an accident, 112, and phone and say, I've just seen this accident. So um, it, consider other people as well. So if you do see an accident, make the call because they might not be able to help themselves and, and quick response makes a big difference. You talk about quick response. I mean, what uh, the video demonstrates is that uh, we just don't have the human ability to respond as quickly as we think we do with regards to driving cars, etc. Exactly. So create space. Keep a falling distance. That's the number one driving tip I can give you. Keep a falling distance. Whatever you think, you're still too close. Whatever you think, <laughs> you are still too close. We'll remember that one. Nico, thanks very much for joining us. And thank you for uh, your, your sense of humor. It's critical at a time like this. I have to say thank you for yours too. <laughs> <laughs> Nico's our petrol head. He's back again next week. It's nine o'clock. It's time for the news. Good morning.